We are the Nerd Eternal Network. talking about what makes a good comic book movie. Um, the early reviews for Venom are in, and to call them crappy is to be quite generous, I might think. Uh, I think the best review I've seen of it so far has called it ridiculous. So we're going to talk today about what do you like in your comic book movies? What makes one worth watching? Joining us, as usual, are my co-hosts. The experience of some called Jason. CDL113. And I'm slightly ruined. Token, voice in the back of movie theater of your local Venom show, and going, Who the fuck they give Venom titties? <laughs> you guys not seen the screenshots? Uh-oh. No. Oh, no. Ah, let's not ruin this. Let's not ruin the magic, guys. Let's keep moving with the comic movies then. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that one for the Venom review if Venom has titties. I'm so clowning this film. So. Did Schumacher direct it? Just. That's. <laughs> Let's continue Who on. Who put nipples on the symbiote? Why has it got 12 of them? That's well, sick. Well, they put them on the bat suit years ago, so. Batman has nipples. Venom does not. Venom does not. <laughs> Bet you know, bro. Anyway, this week is not about Venom. That train wreck is for next week. This is about what do you think makes a good comic book movie? Is it appearance? Is it character? Is it story? What do you like? What don't you like? We'll start off with the experience that some call Jason. What to you makes a good comic book movie? A big part of it for me is, is accuracy to the comic itself. If the comic is popular enough that you want to make a movie out of it, then put that comic on the screen. I don't need some deep, greedy, you know, version of it. I don't need you to take this beloved comic book character and go, eh, he'd look better in black leather. Give him his costume. And one thing I tell Marvel, give the villains their costume. Ha! The hell with you and your Marvel costume. So, yours is basically appearance. Comic books are a visual medium. Movies are a visual medium. You need your, your folks to be recognizable. Okay. The tweaks Marvel has done to most of their heroes' costumes have been fine. Cap, they had a few, they had a misstep or two with, but for the most part. Where Marvel has kind of dropped the ball is with their villains most of the time, you know. Loki and Red Skull look right. Everybody else kind of eat Yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanos looked right a few times. Thanos looked right in his first appearance, and they keep tweaking him downhill from there. Yeah, that's true. True, yeah. Infinity War Thanos and, and Thanos at the end of Avengers end of really Avengers, don't look like the same cat. End of Avengers looked like he just stepped out of the comic book page. Yeah. And to be fair, it's not the same cat. They went higher than my new. Yeah, yeah. Now, like, 
I give you a good example. I know you got a lot of faint. It is on. not your turn, Megan. <laughs> well, excuse me. Don't worry, don't worry. You can cut in when I'm talking. Okay. Now it's your turn. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I've I've seen a lot of comments talking about the Avengers. You know, Scarlet Witch. Oh, she doesn't look like she does in the comic books. Her outfit. You know, they they should have put her in her in her comic book outfit. Would her outfit have translated to the big screen? Yes and no. I mean, you see plenty of females walking around the you know comic book conventions wearing it, and it works. It would have been a matter of how they approached it for the big screen. You sound like the patriarchy. What do you mean, the patriarchy? You won't walk around in a swimsuit, pig. No, not necessarily a swimsuit. <laughs> so you want in the the George Perez like no underwear thing, the gypsy outfit, mm-hmm. the, that thing. She's had plenty of outfits where she was wearing the red dress, the you know, stuff like that. But you know they into the misogyny box. I mean, look at Quicksilver. Well, I mean, you, you'd be they really didn't give him his, his classic costume either. What? Well, I mean, they were gonna kill him at the end of the movie, so it didn't really matter. And him getting shot like that shouldn't have killed him. No, but they didn't. They, they, Not when at the very beginning of the movie. I can talk with you too. Yeah. Not when at the very beginning of the movie they refer to homeostasis as one of his powers. No, but you just see it heals. Yeah. Oh, he shot his dead. They shot well, him more than once. That makes his movies deep. It does make his movies deep. Oh, they just had to get rid of him. No. No, no, they did. No, they they could share him. Him and Scarlet Witch, they could share. Oh, okay. It's just X Men's came out first, and people like that one better. If you make Quicksilver the Flash, he's a lot more popular. Give him his own 80s soundtrack. It was 70s in the first one. Oh, yeah, it was. Right? Yeah, got 80s, 80s in the second, second one. one. And I'm wondering what 90s movie they're going to use, what 90s song they're going to use the next one. Dude, maybe I'm too sexy for my for this movie or something. That was 80s. Was it? Pretty sure. Yeah, right, Sam Fred. Yeah, it was. Like, uh, I don't care. Maybe it'll be Mono <laughs> number five. <laughs> that is off the subject. So, your vote was for appearance? Um. Partially. I, I think if you, like, I agree with Jason in the thing that, like, if you've got a comic book and it's done well enough to, to rate having a movie, it, comic books are a visual medium, like he said, but you also got to take into consideration, if, if you've got a comic book that's been, take the X-Men, how many years has it been around since the 60s? Yeah, as long as most of you know yeah, Marvel guys. Yeah. yeah. They've been, you know, it's a story, visual story uh, that's been driving that long, and for the most part, readers have stuck around. They have stories that have been carrying on for 20, 30 years in some cases. A story arc is what I'm trying to say. You can take and cut one down and put it up on the big screen. So you go in appearance of story because you start off appearance and then it's like you went into story. A All combination right. of appearance and a combination of story. You've got to have both. All right, let's get some young blood in this dried up dinosaur conversation. Well, I mean, like with all movies, you have to tell a cohesive story. It's got to start. It's got to escalate to a conclusion. All right, climax. Be- beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, yeah. Typically, you said I could talk about uh, yes, I know. <laughs> Typically, with a, a comic book movie, you're going to have to have something of the hero's journey. You're going to have to him elevate, fall, and rise back up. Yeah. Especially if you're telling it, you know, for a first the first movie of a trilogy or something like that, you have to have the everything. And for the first, if you're going to do, I'm going to give you kind of a series 
Okay. If that's okay. The first one should always be something recognizable from a comic. You should be, you know, this is a comic book story of this character, usually the origin. Because you can just strip that straight out, slap it straight on, and you know people will show up. Okay. And then from there, as long as you have the appearance looks right, and you, you know, the first movie you wrote a story, it's super simple to do that. If the second movie you start constructing a, a different story, start, you know, slapping different things on, you have to make sure your hero and your villain are cohesive from comic. Because that forces your story to stay within certain boundaries that the comic readers understand. You're not making a brand new cap and throwing it in their face and them going, oh, this is the betrayal of the comic. It's just a brand new cap story. It's just a new story of the cap you know. That maybe, you know, maybe we, you know, cut bits and pieces of these old, longer stories together, but as long as it stays within the boundaries of the character, you can wrap your head around. Okay, so what it sounded like we got two for appearance, one for a cohesive story. Am I right so far? Well, Danny was talking like it was a split. Yeah, I, 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 I said look and story. So okay, right. it's not like you can go any one something. Well, we'll get just one thing right, and the entire movie be okay. No, you got to have a combination. There. Well, you jumped in front of me. I was going because I was going to talk about appearance. DC stuff looks right. DC stuff looks better than Marvel's. Yeah, as far as got it. Uh, yeah, with the exception of Aquaman, but yeah. We, yeah uh, other, than, other than Namor, they pretty much look... Yeah. You mean Aqua Bro? No, I called him what he looks like. He looked like Namor. Because with <laughs> Justice League, when I saw the, the first, you know, a couple scenes of the Batman, I was like, ooh, a good-looking Batman. That's a nice muscle suit. I like this. Yeah, they had they have hiccups, but they essentially look right. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a vulture moment where you look at him and go, what the hell is that supposed to be? G.I. Joe? But they don't act right. So how much does the character's personality play into it? Are you all right with, well, it looks good. The story made, well, Superman. Man of Steel, he looked good. The story wasn't bad. Character didn't act right. So that, so, you know, if, uh, like in Danny's case where he goes, well, if it's a good story and the appearance, man, still had both. Story was good. Looked great. Pa Kent's going, let the motherfuckers die. But see, to <laughs> me, that's best part of a bad story, though. I can see where the characterizations kind of fall into the story. If, if, you, if you throw the story, Pa Kent... It well, just depends on how, you want to break, how many different parts you want to try to break it down into. It, Paul Kent is kind of uh, Clark's Jiminy Cricket. He he's the you know he's that human voice in his ear going, "You've got all the power you know all this power at your hands. You're j- the thing you need to be is a good man." You see the story. The story for me is actually yeah. This is his origin. How he got here. The fight with Zod. The the events that happened. Where I look at the characters, the characterization as something separate. I look at it separate, like I look at the appearance as separate. Do okay. they look right? Do you, they act right? You could say this is what's happening to them. But you could say story and characterization would fall under writing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just like to say, as far as you saying event by event, well, there's an event in Superman's origin where it is Ma and Pa Kent set some morals down that you know set the gravity of Superman. 
Well, that event happened. It just were messed up morals. The reason why I'm separating them out like that, another example of that, using Man of Steel, is still like when you see Ma, because you haven't seen Batman v Superman. When you see Ma Ken in that, yeah, she's the same kind of heartless something that, that Pa was. What the hell are you doing it for? I don't give a shit. You know, let him die. You know. It's like they cared about him and nobody else. Right. And that's characterization. The story itself had its own plot holes and stuff like that. But I'm talking about you could have taken you could have taken that same story with the character with more traditional characters and the movie would have done better and people would have done but see, reacted to it differently. That's them not being true to the comic book. Because Pa Kent from the comic book was, like I said, the Jim and Cricket. Well what they did was they flipped them. See, when you look at post crisis Superman the Kryptonians were colder. The humans were more humane. They flipped them. In the DCU, Jor-El has a heart. Mom Kent kind of kind of gangster. But we're getting off topic. I'm going. How much of that is important to you? What? Where do you weigh it more? Could they have acted better, but looked worse? Would it have ruined the movie? Where Where were you putting your weight? In some ways, I think it varies from character to character. Having watched all the Chris Evans stuff, he has got the personality of Cap, the characteristics of Cap. I mean, he's got them down. You could L, you could f up his costume a little bit, and I could still roll with it a bit. because he feels like Cap, yeah. acts like Cap. And yeah, I mean, the beginning of you know the second Cap movie was around in the Shield outfit, and you know, and yeah, that they. Yeah, that first Avengers outfit. Yeah, first they tried, but it's god awful. But you know, but that's you know that's how I've already seen it going in cold. It might have hit me, you know. It might have hit me a little harder if they just royally messed the suit up. Well, they kind of did. If you talk about Avengers, yeah, I remember looking at that the first live shot of that. And I was like, oh my god, what that is, is the one movie where I'm glad somebody runs around with that mask and looks. Yeah, because that helmet, he looked like a Q-tip or something. It, yeah. it looked bad. Yeah. But I'd like that to roll back to my point of the first movie should be pretty cut and dry comic mm-hmm. book copy to show you we're working with this as the best. Yeah. You know, the foundation is as strong as possible. To give an example of somebody that looks exactly right, but the characterization is so off, that it has repulsed some people. And it's not a movie, but going with the Titans, the trailer for the Titans TV series. Robin looks right. I like the Robin costume. The dude that got playing Robin looks right. You know, we see him just as Dick Grayson yeah. in regular clothes. Yeah. He looks right. He beats people up and then kills them after they're... After they're down. You know, after they're down and out. He just walks by and just kills one just out of spite. No, you make... You make you make Robin the Joker, you mess Robin up. I, I don't care what he looks like at that point. Unless so that's doing, characterization. Unless you're doing a Dark Knight Returns? Even Dark Knight Returns does a little girl. What, yeah. was, what was the second? No, no, the second Dark Knight trilogy book where Robin becomes a Joker. I have no idea what you're talking about. You never read it? Oh, uh, Grace Kelly becomes Catwoman. You've got the Bat Boy. Oh, uh, DK2? 
Yeah. How about that one? Yeah, yeah. I, I never got off. I didn't get far enough into that one because uh, The Dark Knight Returns felt like Highlander to me because it was supposed to be the end of the story. Yeah. So I didn't ruin it. By yeah, by that point, you've got Green Arrow running around with a bionic arm. And the flash of black and yellow. Yeah. I've, I've, was that with black and yellow flash? Yeah. I've seen pictures of it, but... Again, Miller's one of them guys. I don't, I don't, I don't read but his current. You, you just went Miller's Robin Miller's. as the Joker, and I went, "Oh, we have a story of that." It was yeah. the one moment where I've, I've, I've got comic books. I on read that years stuff. ago, and when you said that, I'm like, "Oh yeah!" It's like the wheels went click. All right, how do you feel about since we were talking about Venom earlier? How do you feel about movies where they introduce characters that are intricately tied to another character without that character in it? Uh, Venom is the most recent example, but you can use Catwoman, a much beloved film by no one that has that example. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal's Steel is another one with that example. I have to go, do we have an example where it worked? I can't think of one, and I've been trying to think of one since and yesterday. To be fair, Blade. Blade. No. What character he tied with? To a Dracula. Yeah, but oh, the trick is... Well, Drac- Dracula is... Dracula the the generic vampire. And and where Blade, does, where your example of Blade does not work, Blade's origin is intricately tied to Deacon Frost and who's the bad guy That's Blade. That's true. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Where Venom's origin is intricately tied to Spider-Man yeah. and Spider-Man ain't in it. Blade, Blade is more like Punisher. Punisher appeared in Spider-Man. You know, his first appearance was in the Spider-Man book. That's where he was introduced. His origin ain't tied to Spidey, though. Yeah. And I'd say if, if you could pull off any... I'm just off the top of the head. Steel would be the one you could do because his entire thing was the absence of Superman. For his origin. But you gotta have some connection to it. Some kind of way. Steel without Superman is, is still one of those. That it's I have not seen the movie Steel. Do they reference Superman anyway? No. Yeah, actually, yes, they do. He's uh, they they mention Metropolis and they mention Superman once. Really? Because I've seen that thing a million times. I ain't never heard of mention. Because Steel's origin in that was he was a weapons designer. He's got basically the MCU Iron Man's origin. He was a weapons yeah, that, designer that, that, that created origin in the comics. But it was a sonic cannon that he created and hit and put it in the hammer. Well, he created it. Yeah, yeah, bad yeah. folks got a hold of it and felt guilty about the crap. It's still pretty much his origin from the comic. Yeah, I don't remember if the big guns he made were were sonic based or not, but they were you know again big sci-fi guns he made for the government that that he wasn't sure that they got stolen and used on this innocent village or if the government had leaked them out to see how they'd work. Okay. And he then, you know, wound up destroying all of his research and going into hiding. That's why he was running around as Henry Johnson. Oh, that's okay, right. Yeah. Well, no, no. He was running around as Henry Johnson originally. Oh, okay. He had swapped his name while he was in hiding. Okay. Once he came out, he went back to his original name. See, when I saw him, I thought he was a construction worker. Yeah, he was hiding out. That was why he was hiding During the death of Superman, okay. you know, right before. And yeah, just before that, Superman saved him. He falls off the construction, you know, they're building him. Yeah. Building. He falls off, Superman saves him. And then during the fight, you know, he grabs his hammer to run and help Superman. He gets buried under a wall. Because that was one of your first signs... Yeah, because eventually they gave him a metagene. Yeah. And one of your first signs, though, that something was hinky about him was the fact that, yeah, he was buried under that rubble. Yeah, he was under there a while and then dug himself out. 
you know, no worse for wear. But as far as like, you don't, you know, for Venom, it seems very straightforward. You gotta have Spider-Man interact with the symbiote. With Steel, it's like, you can have implied interaction of him, you know, being sorrowful over the death of Superman without having Superman actually being yeah, you physically still, yeah. in the movie. You still have to have reference. You yeah. have to have strong references to him. You yeah. have to tie him to the character. Well, a good example is like the the Marvel stuff in, on Netflix. You never see any of the MCU characters from the movies or the TV sh- other TV shows, but you see but reference to them on the, the wall. Yeah. In the first seasons, though, they talk about it all. Yeah. Well, hold on. Well, a lot of those don't have origins tied to those heroes. And that's, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking about for that point, is origins tied to... But, you know, look at the previous movie version of Venom. Because Venom's origin is also intricately tied to the Secret War storyline. Yeah. So what did they do for Tobey Maguire movie? It's like somebody was standing just off camera and just threw the symbiote at you. Oh, ah, there you go. It fell from space and landed next to you. No explanation. You know, which is something that would happen in, especially in like an old 40s comic, but for modern moviegoers, it's cheap. Yeah, it's a cheap comic. And, and it's still, as sad as that was, as crappy as they did the black costume, it explains why Venom looks like he does. It explains why Venom's got a, got a hate on for... Uh, it explains uh, why Venom uses webs. It explains a whole hell of a lot of stuff that you ain't got. You just ain't got it. Period. Yeah. And they're doing that with, and in, they're doing that with Venom, which is potent, and Morbius, which you don't get without Spider Man's blood. Uh, they they were trying to do it with Black. They might have been able to do it with the movie they canceled, Silver and Black, because Silver Sable is just she's a murderer. She's a murderer. She's a murderer. And Black Cat's Thief. You yeah. may you may have been able to do those. You could have done those without Spider-Man. Well, Black Cat popped up in a lot of Spider-Man. Her origin wasn't tied to him. Yeah. yeah. She was the character that popped yeah. up. Even, even the standalone Joker, the Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, yeah, without Batman, it doesn't work. Yeah. And that's past the whole thing of having a Joker origin is... Completely unnecessary. You, if you explain him, you take something away from it. But to reel this back from the depths, to making a good comic book movie, there hasn't been a great example of a non-origin tied or a non-tie-in with origins. You kind of have to explain the origin properly mm-hmm. when you're introducing a character, which is surprisingly sounds pretty obvious. Or how often it's well, let's take a movie that was Civil War was a decent movie. Zemo in the movie was a decent villain. But he had absolutely nothing to do with Zemo. Right. You could have named him Bob and he'd work just as well. That's true. Yeah, he would he was he was a good villain that invented a whole cloth and then slapped somebody's name on. And that's all he was. There was nothing that tied him to Zemo. Nothing about him resembled Zemo. Alright. Here's something off of off of Marvel and DC. What'd you think about Wanted? Remember Wanted? James McAvoy? That the one where the dude was shooting the bullets go around the curve? The Loom of okay, Doom. Yeah. yeah. 
Plume of Doom, yeah. I thought it was god-awful. You had some interesting action scenes and fight scenes in it, you know. But as far as any kind of story or... Well, I've, I have never watched the movie twice. I've, I've watched, watched any I've, part of it since I walked out of the theater. I've, I've watched the movie more than once. Because that's one that, that they literally told almost a completely new story, and they just slapped names on there. Because mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with the comic book other than... See, I, I, other than the main character's abilities. And yeah. then they just gave everybody... Everybody that was supposed to be hinky, they just gave that same kid's abilities. So I've never read any of the books. That the the book was about supervillains. It's a, it's a world where the supervillains have won yeah. and erased the world's memory of them. Yep. They, they rule from the shadows. The main kid is... His dad was essentially that world's Deathstroke type. So he could do the curving bullets and the weird guns. Shoot the wings stuff. off of flies and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the chick... Is but the chick that is his love interest and kind of his main supporting character, she is basically Catwoman. Yeah, Fox. Uh, the guy that the in the movie he's kind of the main villain. Yeah, he's like a black skull faced guy, kind of a almost a red skull black mask kind of villain. And you have you know an interdimensional imp that you see some of. You got the you got a very blatant Bizarro knockoff. But yeah, that was if that was one that they came, they just took and went. Yeah, they took the comic and just threw it out and well, here's some names. Yeah, run with it. That one's that one I classify like I classify Tank Girl from the nineties. It's ooh, comic book movies are hot. Go see what comic book we can get cheap, so we can talk, so we can say this is from a graphic novel. And they don't really bother to do justice to anything. Was Push my dogs? I think, I think Push, it was. Push was either a graphic novel or a novel. I think it was a graphic novel. I remember liking Push. But, Push here, but one movie series that's successful that is truthfully comic based that that they really play around with is Men in Black. Yeah. Men in Black was a Malibu comic. And it's one that they they didn't keep a hell of a lot of it. it the comic was a little darker than the movies that we got and yeah granted it had the power wheel which will go into my next topic of when you talk about appearance one of the things that that gets the internet on fire these days is when they race swap people which changes the look of because Jay is a white guy in the comic Uh, Fox was based off Halle Berry in Wally. Uh, I understand why they do it, but that seems, yeah, I would be remiss in not bringing it up since any time it happened. In fact, uh, this Birds of Prey movie, uh, they hired Journey Smollett for Black Canary. And I'm waiting for, I don't know if all hell's going to break out loose now. I think I'll wait till close to the movie for all hell to break loose and then she'll leave Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I figure it'll happen at some point. The name sounds familiar. I can't put a face with it. You ever watch Underground? No. I've never seen it. I've seen a picture of her when you were talking about her. Yeah, have you ever seen Eve's Bayou? Because she was a little girl in that. Uh, She was in Bill Cosby's TV show, Cosby, that was after the Cosby show. Okay, okay. The little girl in it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's grown. She's cute. She's grown. But yeah, they they hired That's That's the way you phrased that was weird to me. I'm sorry. She's cute and she's grown. 
It sounded like there was a butt in there. It said an and. Oh, and it got me concerned. She's a grown ass woman now. You can know. Probably she's also married, so it's it's already wrong to call you. Anyway. So how does that rate in appearance? They race swap domino. I was one of those who was like, eh, slap some white paint on, I don't give a damn. But I can understand why. Well, that's if you count Domino as race swap. Yeah, I would. Because even in the book, he'd get the iffy stuff. Yeah, even in the book, there's a lot of hints that she was, you know, that she's black and just mutated. So yeah, that one don't. Well, it's like that one don't bother me. Slap some paint on her. Uh, Starfire from the Titans. They didn't just slap some paint on. Even though her original, even though her original comic appearance was based largely off of a black supermodel. Uh, Neil McCann. Thank you. You know, that's straight, from, that's straight from the original artist's mouth. Yeah. I like my characters to look right. I like them to look like they look like in the book. It's not a deal breaker for me. Like Will Smith is Deadshot. Well, ain't no big Deadshot fan, no way. And if he, when he's completely in costume, you know, they give him his, his flipping mask, wouldn't make no difference, no way. But you wore what, all of what? Twice. Like that, maybe. I mean... It's Will Smith. He's not going to run out of mask the entire movie. Nobody will do that except uh, uh, Carl Urban. Forgot about him. I was thinking about old boy from. Uh, He's thinking about Hugo Weaving. Yeah. You put Hugo Weaving's character in a mask. You put him in a mask, and he still outacts everybody. Yep. But neither one of those was a draw. Will Smith was a draw. Fucking Suicide Squad. This is true. You you take you go. I'm gonna pay Will Smith money, and then stick him in a sack. Don't let nobody know it's Will Smith. No. Yeah, yeah. We get all Will all the time. But, uh, so I guess the race swapping, it bothers me because it makes the character not look like the character looks. But it's one of those that I see why they do it because comics are such a whitewashed medium. You know, I wish they would just take the black characters that they do have and push them. Monica Rambo, the Blue Marvel. You know, you got folks out there you could do some stuff with, yeah, and they just won't. There's, there's plenty yeah. of, of. If you're the Blue Marvel, no, but we need a black human torch. Well, that's not the <laughs> comic, so I don't care. You know, I like the cat they had playing him. Personality wise, the dude playing him did fine. But, you know, it's not a. He still don't look like the human torch, you know. Yeah, there, there's plenty of ethnic characters out there that, that they could say, okay, you've got. Plane might be a stretch, but so. Well, you know, you yeah. got Asian characters, Hispanic characters, Native American. You have got enough that they really wanted to do something they could. But you know, they they could go. It has become. I don't think early on, the first few times they did it, I think it was just we need some color in this movie. And now, when they've seen what the reaction is, oh, we get some free press out of this. Because that was originally uh, Stephen Johnson, the, the the director of Daredevil, the film. That was the complete reason why he classed Michael Clark Duncan as, as Kingpin, was he was going, hell, it's New York. And you read the comic, and there ain't no black people in it nowhere. What damn New York was this? Yeah. So, you know, and yeah, now it's a, a fairly decent marketing campaign. All right, we know the racists have come out of the woodwork. Well, I mean, so like, we throw them out there. And then have him leave Twitter when it gets bad. My thing is, I see it and I go, oh, okay, it's neat. Like, uh, you're doing your own twist on things. I get it. I'm fine with it. 
Aren't you the one that complained about them whitewashing some anime movies they did? Because whitewashing is the exact opposite of this. It's not me going, oh, it's okay. It's me going, still race swapping. Yes. Except it's race swapping of the variety that makes it more of a problem. I don't think it does with the Japanese. Because they have their own movie industry. So you're not having the kind of social impact you can have of, well, we only ever see white people as heroes. Japanese have got plenty of movies where they see themselves as heroes. They also not as many over here, but you know. they also in reviews of Ghost in the Shell went. It kind of physically hurt to hear them try to say the Japanese names and get them wrong. Well, yeah, you, you need you need a voice coach there to help with pronunciation. But that's yeah. act, that's actually a battle for another. Yeah, yeah. I was just I was just doing that based off of appearance. How much how much of that helps hurts. You know, I'm no, you know, I, I guess I would say it hurts a little bit sometimes, but it's not a, not that big a deal for me. For for me, like since you used Michael Clark Duncan, when they said he's going to be Kingpin, my first reaction was Kingpin's a white dude. Then I saw thought started thinking, wait a minute, he's big, he's huge, I can see it. You know, he, he's a massive fella because you know, I'd seen him standing next to mm-hmm. Ben Affleck in a press shoot for something else at a golf tournament or something like that was kind of me I said I go well you know yeah that where else you gonna find somebody big enough and that was kind of me my thing was yeah biggest motherfucker ever and to be truthful at that point I'm a bigger Michael Clark Duncan fan than I am Kingpin fan so that helped to some degree and you know like okay that'll work that don't sound like your defensive Will Smith Deadshot I'm a bigger Will Smith fan than Deadshot fan that's the trick you can do it with when you mess up minor characters I don't care about, it don't bother me as much. And that's, and that's always been my thing, but that's a topic for another show. That My argument is it's much ado about nothing because I can remember the fervor over Supergirl when they race-swapped Jimmy Olsen. And you had all these Jimmy Olsen fans come out of the woodwork. See, they're taking our characters. I'm like, trust me, there's no black kid on the playground playing superheroes going, I want to be Jimmy Olsen. Nobody. I doubt anybody is sitting around going, I want to be As Jimmy Olsen. As a kid, I never wanted to be Jimmy Olsen, and I'm a white not. dude. Nobody, 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 nobody. That was the point. Nobody wants to be Jimmy Olsen. Nobody wants to be Perry they White. Looked at the Super, they looked at the Supergirl comics. They looked at the cast they were put together and went, wow, this is an awful lot of white. we got to have something else in there, or, they, or somebody's going to say something. What pointless character can we swap? Yeah. Jimmy Olsen. The men made him Jimmy Olsen, man. They got rid of him. <laughs> no, they made James Olsen. Because yeah. Jimmy's a little kid. But yeah, man was always my thing for him once he became a superhero. But anyway, so we talked about characterization. We talked about origin. Who you think's getting it right? This is our last topic. Who you think's getting it right? Who you think's getting it wrong? And feel free to, you know, Up let's start this, this way. Just, yeah. just for who, who do I think it like Marvel versus DC or, or TV or individual movies? Individual think. individual movies or companies. Who do you think is getting it right? Who do you think is getting it wrong? I will say that the, the, the Marvel Netflix series are getting it right. Whoever's doing the, the you know, you know, storyboarding, key, storyboarding, key points, casting, this, that, and the other. They're sitting there going, okay, you know, we got this character, we got this neighborhood, we got this world, we got this mix of people that come from this neighborhood. You know, this is the music that this neighborhood's famous for. 
you know, they, they look at the broad spectrum of things and they go, this is what we need in our show so that when people tune in, they go, yeah, this, you know, this is, you know, like Luke Cage. This is, this is Harlem. This, this, to be fair, Danny, even white people would look at, look at a show based in Harlem where you only saw white people and go, wait a second, this is that stuff. Well, look at Jessica Jones, the area of New York she's in. Yeah, I'm not saying they don't do a good job on the stuff. I'm just saying Harlem may not be the best example because that's well, one. Yeah, see, but, my, my thing with but see, they also included like Spanish Harlem. They included the different ethnicities that are in Harlem. Harlem's not just black, but you know. It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they included all the areas of Harlem. In Jessica Jones, they included all the little areas that you know en encompass that spot that she's from. In Daredevil, same thing. And you, you sit there and you look at it and you go, okay, whoever's writing, whoever's doing this is paying attention to the areas that they're supposed to be from, and they do it. So you're giving yours to Netflix, MCU, so that's basically an MCU vote. You're saying they're doing it right. Yes. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and just state kind of a slightly different viewpoint of DC has Wonder Woman. Thought Wonder Woman was good, right? She fit in. It seemed it seemed to flow correctly. That is their one glaringly good job out of kind of a sea of mediocre to bad. And the first Batman film as well was pretty decent in my eyes. Other than Rachel Gould being kind of weird. But. I was thinking to say which first Batman? Because when you say first Batman to me, I go Adam West. No, no, no. Well, Begins is not part of the. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fair 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 you know, but, but I mean, as far as, far as, as getting it right, yeah, though, I getting it as far as getting it right, other than other than Raish, I felt pretty good about. I was all right with Raish just because it surprised me. Hmm. And it's rare that I go into a movie like that and I'm shocked in any way, shape, form. Begins, as far as superhero movies, is one of them that I truthfully enjoy. Begins more than I enjoy Dark Knight because I like the way it was shot. And the, the first scene of him as Batman in the train yard where the guy hears the noise and gets sucked into the dark. Oh, I love it. I was like, that's Batman. That's some scary crap. And they he did enough in the shooting of it that as long as it was a normal criminal, it had a horror feel to it. You never got a good look at him. There was a lot of chaos on the screen. Whereas once he fights the League of Assassins, which knows is just another member of them, is when it settles down. I thought that was neat as far as comic book movies. But you're going... But I'm saying, you know, in a sea of kind of trudging it, they found, you know, so two, two woman things to pluck up. Both to go. Yeah. yeah. And then with Marvel, it's a sea of pretty good steady, but there it looks like there's some stuff starting to float up that's not that great. They ain't never been good with their villains. Well, yeah, that too. They have that whole, not only, even when they have a villain that works well, it's still that dark reflection of the hero thing. That's and they tend to kill them off. Yeah, they, they're bad about that, too. All right, experience. I would have to agree partly with Tarky as far as Wonder Woman, the look was right, and the feel of the character was right. The writing, the, the actual writing for the story of the movie, meh. But but I I wouldn't do it going oh yeah this is Wonder Woman this, this is a character I recognize so I give DC points for that DC's got DC's got the look down all right for most of their stuff their writing is where it fails their writing characterization is where they fail 
Marvel is doing a good job with the heroes. Most of the characterizations are good. Most of the looks are fine. They get a little iffy in their villains, like we've discussed. Uh, Netflix has done a pretty good job, except with Iron Fist. Everybody knows the first season of Iron Fist was kind of weak. They still aren't putting him in a costume, even though he's like Daredevil. He's one of the costume street-level guys. And then at the end of season two, they, they mucker his powers up without, without they mucker him up without ever having gotten him right. Yeah. Where if you had a season of him running around as a recognizable Iron Fist, and then they wanted to you know swap him out, swap swap him around like they did. So Netflix, you know, three out of four ain't bad. Okay. So, getting about a clock on the wall. It's about time to wrap this bad boy up. I will like to say one thing. Something you said there. I, a good a good state point for what makes a good comic book movie is you step out of the movie and go, that was, and the character's name. You step out of Spider-Man and go, that was Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It was a good comic book movie. Play I, was it, like, play I it. was like out about Cap. I walked out of Cap out of Captain America the first Avenger going, my God, I liked him before he got his powers. Mm. Yeah, he, that's what that's what kind of won me with with that movie and eventually that trilogy was the fact that I liked Steve before he was ever they made me like Steve before he was ever Captain America. Yeah, yeah. so I I enjoyed his journey. But anyway, anything else? Have to wait for another show. This is so. What do you think? What makes a good comic book movie to you? How bad do you think Venom is gonna be? How how weird do you feel that we were actually positive on this show? For the most part. Yeah, yeah, we didn't dog nobody out specifically. Yeah, wasn't half bad. So, I guess we're saving all the hate for next week because by that point we'll have seen Venom and it will probably suck. Anyway, I've been your host, the Todd Father, and joining me as always has been CDL113, the experience some call Jason. And the token's slowly being beaten to death in the movie theater, so we'll not shut up about that. Carton. That's just weird. Anyway. Let us know in the comments what you think, what makes a good superhero movie to you, and we'll catch you next week. And send us your ideas for stuff to talk about. Like we care. No, we care. We care. Uh, We totally care. Catch you later. Peace. Peace.